0: Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. All right, it is time to uh, listen in on what J. P. Ong has to say about what's happening in the broader market, as well as uh, the rest of the day's business news that we hope to have time to chat about in this hour of your workday afternoon. J. P. Ong joining us now uh, from home. Hey, J. P., let's uh, keep our fingers crossed that we don't get cut off right now. All right. <laughs> so the market. Take all precautions.
1: We're good. Yeah. Let's so.
0: let's uh, don't pick up that uh, incoming call if everyone comes in. <laughs> Um, what's happening in the markets? So the last uh, report I uh, put on air, we were looking at uh, a little bit of a lower uh, trading date today.
1: Well, sometimes, Tim, if you observe the markets, they tend to do a couple of dances. Sometimes they do the cha-cha, sometimes they do the mambo. Today it's the swing. So we are swinging between slight gains and slight losses. And you are right. We are in the red, but not by that much. Um, about one point down in today's session, about 2,665. But if you asked me that same question about 10 minutes ago, I would have said we were two points in the green. So you're seeing the markets at least stabilizing around this particular 2,666 level at the moment. Mm-hmm. So 2,666 is where the FTI is sitting. Um, the value turnover has also come down significantly at this junction, just a little bit into the afternoon session, we're only seeing about 530 million Singapore dollars in total value turnover. So trading appetite is a little bit more muted in today's session. Um, winners against losers, the tally at least between gainers and losers, um, relatively even, but favoring the red team once again. A total of 169 stocks, reach and trusts are in the red, about 148 that are seeing slight gains so far. Um, so it is a bit muted and a bit, um, just a little bit unsure at least, in terms of how the STI is moving. You uh, see slight gains shift to slight losses and vice versa and it's also a bit of a mixed picture when you look across the rest of the region the dk225 is down by about 153 points today 0.7 percent in the red for the tokyo benchmark out in australia the asx 200 is trading about 20 points in the green so they're up by about a third of a percent today uh the new zealand uh, the uh, NDX in new zealand also trading more than three and a half percent in the green shanghai and shenzhen both down by about 0.2 percent the South Korean coffee also trading about nine points lower. We are monitoring uh, closely these mounting uh, tensions, at least between North and South Korea. We know that Pyongyang has sent more troops and is planning to send troops into some of these un- uninhabited areas near the demilitarized re- re- uh, region or the DMD. and uh, and it's it's stoking more concerns, especially this after they blew up the inter uh, Seoul's inter, inter office affairs. Um, just the other day in in, in dramatic fashion also. We see the Hang Seng today also trading about 74 points down. So Hong Kong shares also not doing too well. Taiwan, though at least up by about 20 points as we near the close of Taipei's Wednesday session. So there's a bit of a mixed reaction at least. And we are coming off of very solid gains uh, out in uh, out out in uh, out in, in 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 on Wall Street overnight, the Dow Jones closing about two percent in the green. But there are co- renewed concerns once again as people try to weigh all of this policy stimulus that's been brought forward by major monetary policymakers in the world, especially by the Federal Reserve, and also signs that we're seeing a resurgence in COVID-19 cases. Uh, key points to take to, uh, to consider in in this uh, in the COVID-19 front, and there's three particular theaters to take note of. Six U.S. states, especially in the southern region, about five out of six of these in the southern region, have all seen a record number of new COVID-19 cases on Tuesday. And people say that this is coming about a month into the easing of lockdown measures in these particular states. More worrisome, I think, is also the site that in in Beijing that they've already reported about 130 new cases. And there are concerns that this is going to be another hotspot or, or or a second wave of, of uh, cases or the start of a second wave of cases in mainland China, which many say was the first front in terms of battling the COVID-19 pandemic, which stretches back all the way to, to late January. And we also heard today and we saw that apparently in New Zealand, two individuals who who were granted, uh, who were granted uh, bypassing the quarantine tested positive for COVID-19. This was slammed by uh, New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. They're conducting very intensive uh, contact tracing at the moment. And isolating these two individuals who came back from the United Kingdom and tested positive for the virus. Mm -hmm. So there could be another resurgence there unless New Zealand's on top of things. So I think these are also important things to take into consideration because, as we know, Singapore is entering phase two of the easing of current COVID-19 measures Um, uh, this coming Friday. So this is still very much a potential risk as we continue to ease some of these social distancing measures and restrictions we've uh, uh, we've put in place. And I'm sure that the authorities here are also taking very close note of what's happening in these three particular regions also because the risk is still there. And I think that markets are getting reminded of a potential risk at the moment. Um, Airline stocks in in China have fallen also uh, today because they feel that this is going to curtail um, air air traffic out there as well.
0: All right, two things I want to bring up uh, in regards with China: a new report says the outbreak could be more uh, severe than what uh, <clears throat> they originally thought it would be. But then Beijing is also canceling uh, flights, uh, about seventy mm-hmm. percent of services. Uh, in fact, uh, what what do you have on that one?
1: Well, okay, so it's it, pretty much a similar uh, the, uh, similar set of information that you probably have, Tim. So we're seeing about one thousand two hundred fifty five. Flights, domestic flights in Beijing being canceled. About seventy percent of all their services because of the COVID nineteen outbreak. We do know also that the spread, at least in China, was exacerbated or intensified during the Lunar New Year holiday. Because one of the unfortunate things about the COVID nineteen pandemic is, is the the outbreak started to pick up pace in China during the Lunar New Year when people were traveling across the across the country in what some call the world's largest uh, the largest uh, intercountry, internation migration at least. When you're talking about hundreds of millions of people traveling to their uh, to their provinces um, during this festive holiday or this long holiday period in in China, and this a lot of this also done over because of air travel. So Mm they have decided to cancel and suspend some of these flights until they get a better hold. Of uh, the COVID-19 situation out in Beijing, because as we know, this could easily turn into a second outbreak, which could turn into a second wave of cases nationwide. The issue here, and I think the uh, the, the the issue here too, is that a lot of airlines in China, mainland China were looking forward to the easing of these social restrictions that have been going on for the last two months, and to help them recoup and try to and try to revive some of the lost routes and some of the suspended routes that they've had. So they've had to cancel a lot of these inbound and outbound flights out of one of China's large out of one of the largest metropolises in mainland China and I bring this up because this doesn't just have implications for Chinese airline stocks and also for the state of the airline travel industry this also has an implication for crude oil markets. The International Energy Agency says that we're not going to see a recovery of oil demand to uh, pre-COVID levels until at least 2022 because they think that it's going to take that long before mm-hmm. airline can return back to normal because of all the uncertainties about the, the COVID-19 virus. And this also tying into how crude prices are doing so far today. So just to give our listeners a quick check, we're seeing WTI today, or West Texas Intermediate, falling by about 2.5%, and Brent Crude also trading about 1.7% in the red. And they are cashing or trying to at least, uh, trying at least uh, um, assess and analyze the impact of a prolonged suspension of flights across mainland China, yet again on oil demand. And, and you can see that this is having a, a far-reaching impact at least not just on the aviation sector in mainland China and their stocks, but also on the global uh, crude, crude market as well.
0: All right, uh, very quickly, uh, closer to home, Air Asia is also reportedly going to resume some kind of domestic uh, domestic flights uh, in Malaysia.
1: Yes, they are. And uh, they have decided, uh, they, they announced yesterday, at least uh, their CEO, Tony Fernandez, has announced that Air Asia will at least restart all domestic routes starting in July after the government, their eased movement groups are containing the coronavirus. Fairly, It's fair to say also that Malaysia has done a fairly good job in at least containing or relatively containing the COVID-19 spread there. And it's given a lot of uh, government confidence to move forward and start easing some of their social restrictions and some of the social distancing measures they've also implemented to our neighbor up in the north. So they are going to start allowing interstate travel to resume, and uh, and they are, have actually done that already as of last week. But but Air Asia said that they're going to go ahead and resume all their domestic flights get, as well. Keep in mind that Air Asia, I mean, as with most, almost all airlines across the world, they've been crippled by the COVID-19 pandemic. They have announced that they might have to do a significant job cuts also just to stay alive or for the long-term survival of this airline. So the revival of their domestic routes. At least, Mm-hmm. Will be a, a welcome shot on the arm to help them at least ease some of the ease and soothe some of these pressures. And I think this also highlights just the challenge that, say, Singapore's airlines have, like Singapore, especially SIA, because unlike uh, unlike some of these other countries, such as Malaysia, Australia, Indonesia, they do have significant domestic. Uh, Domestic flights and domestic schedules they can rely on, whereas we've talked about this before, right? Jim, it's almost it's uh, it's hard to justify flying across, uh, uh, conducting a flight across Singapore or within our borders, also. So it is. Uh, it, 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 it's it's going to be a challenge that we're going to be facing at least, and something we can't really rely on a hefty or a substantial yeah. domestic industry
0: here. And in fact, uh, JP, I was just talking about this a few minutes ago that mm-hmm. uh, IATA, the International Air Transport Association's new surveys, is. People are not, 45% of those they surveyed said they are willing to wait one or two months before all restrictions or after all restrictions are lifted before they can, they will even start to consider to travel. So that's, uh, this is international travel, of course, Absolutely. we're talking about. Yeah. So it's Absolutely. going to be a uh, tough going for the industry for a while.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think the big question here is that, okay, once you have the COVID-19 pandemic under control, if and when we do that, we hope it's sooner, Rather than later, um, what is that, what's the imp- total? What's the long-term impact or the permanent impact on consumer demand and the psychology of the air traveler? As you mentioned, many are saying that, yep, no th- thanks, but no thanks. We're not going to travel for at least one to two months just to be on the safe side. And of course, this could also, uh, uh, you know, impact the long-term habits and, can, and uh, habits in planes, and could impact the uh, pro- the uh, propensity or the inclination of folks. To fly and, and, uh, and whether or not this corrects over time, whether or not people mm-hmm. become more comfortable towards fly, that's going to weigh and that's going to be a huge determinant to, 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 as to whether or not some of these airlines can recover in the next two years or even longer.
0: And what this new drug, uh, dexamethasone, will play, it's not going to prevent uh, COVID 19, but it looks promising in curing. Uh, those who are severe, so that also plays a factor i guess in terms of the,
1: the, I, I think a medical solution is going to be the big uh, still the big uh, the the big trump card at least for la- yeah. for lack of a better term that will determine <laughs> whether or not the airline industry recovers or and even the global and, and even the global economy starts to recover because unless we find a way to curtail or get this uh get the virus under control, yet it's still going to come down to these medical metrics also. How many cases do we see? How many new infections? Is it going to overwhelm public health systems? And is mm. this going to weigh on global consumer sentiment also? Um, so many answers that will tie back again to whether or not humanity is getting a handle or making progress in controlling the virus. I think in all
0: fairness to COVID-19, still, I think 80% of the people who test positive have mild symptoms of this one, or maybe even more than Mm -hmm. 80%, I think, the last I read. That is fair
1: to bring up. Yeah,
0: so it doesn't mean, I mean, I don't know what's happening in New Zealand, for example, the two cases, but for all you know, it could be mild symptoms and not life-threatening. So I think we have to take those into consideration when we're giving all these uh, COVID-19 case numbers. In Singapore, for mm-hmm. example, hospitalization is quite low as well. Anyway, uh, very quickly, really, very quickly, we've got about three minutes. Uh, property sector, you've got some uh, things to tell us about.
1: Yes. So the property sector at the moment, well, at least for in, 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 in the case of Ascot today, they have secured contracts for about 25 new properties And they are planning to reach out into four major cities. So so COVID-19 pandemic aside, businesses have not stopped looking forward and planning for the future. And and it seems Capital Land's business unit, the ASCOT Limited, has now secured these contracts for 25 properties. This is the largest number of new properties they've clinched in the first five months of any year, according to Capital Land. And it's going to see their geographical reach into four major cities. Um, In China, they're going to enter the city of Zhengzhou, which is the capital of Henan province. And also Nanchang, which is the capital and largest city of Jiangxi province. But they're also entering the city of Jayapura, which is the largest city mm-hmm. in Indonesia's Papua region. And also, get this, they're going to make their first foray into Casablanca, which is the largest wow. city in Morocco. So North Africa also on the radar. Again, it's all for a <laughs> at the as to where, you go, where, you, where you're going to find growth. And, and some of these frontier markets, uh, uh, you know, if you can determine the uh, frontier markets, um, uh, fascinating. I've been to Morocco as well, and I, I would be surprised if you have. It's, it's I have a, it. I'm supposed place. to be there
0: right now in Casablanca today. Can oh, you believe was,
1: that? Oh. <laughs> Can you, so this this piece of view is very timely, actually, especially in your in your case, Tim. But yes, it, it, when, if and when things are starting to open, uh, uh, have no fear. I mean, at the ASCOT is, uh, is is prepared to at least make a case that, hey, Tim, when you're ready to come back to Casablanca, they might have a property ready for you to at least consider.
0: There you go. I just got my travel vouchers as well, refund, <laughs> refunding those flights. So anyway, <laughs> thank you very much uh, for joining us here, JP. We managed to stay connected throughout this segment. JP Ong there calling us from home here on Your Market View. Take it easy, Tim. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.